Welcome to the Q4 Impact Podcast, where we challenge the cultural norms of aging through scripture, story, and conversation. Welcome back to our Q4 Impact Podcast. I am here again today with Q4 Impact founder, Ron Regenstrein. And today our topic is about choosing discipleship. And it is a joy to speak about it. A joy because it is God's grace that any of us are able to become his disciples. But Ron, it's not all about joy, is it? There's another side to discipleship. There is. There sure is a lot of joy, though, Sue. So yes, there is. But there's this, uh, our salvation had a cost uh, to it. it. It's it's not just about the pleasures and the benefits. And not only was there a cost of Jesus paying the price that he paid for our salvation, but then it's a part of our journey as well that, that we then have our own cost and choices that we make along the way. It's very true. I think for those of us that have always lived in America, up till now, there's been very little persecution for our faith. Um, mm-hmm. It depends, of course, where you are and what you experience. However, you're talking about in your blog about a bit of a different perspective on the cost. Why don't you share a little bit about the cost we all experience as a disciple of Christ? Yeah, it's uh, it's the transformation of of going from being a person who makes decisions based on you know mostly what we want to do or what feels good or you know what whatever setting we're in that that determines our decision making and we then are are handing you know handing the steering wheel for lack of a better phrase, to the Lord and, and saying that it's not going to be, you know, based on what I want or what I would choose, but that's going to be combined with what God is leading me to, what he's commanded uh, for me of how to, how to make certain choices in my life, what <clears throat> ethics and morals that are in place that, you know, might not as feel as good as what we had chosen to do beforehand. And so um, it's, there's, there's cost for us. There's decision-making, there's sacrifice, uh, there's discipleship. Your, your discipleship is, I think the word means a disciplined follower. So you're following Jesus, meaning it's not, you're not doing what you want to do all the time. You're doing what he wants you to do. And sometimes that means laying things down that we would rather hold on to. I know in your blog, you gave the example of the cost of following Jesus when you were 20 versus what it, that looked like as you started to accumulate more things. Can you share that today? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I was a pretty crazy young guy and crazy in terms of of um not having a whole lot of structure to my life. I was chasing the latest rock and roll concert and and uh and so when it it was when the Lord drew me to to begin to follow him, you know, it's I didn't have a bank account or a house 
or even a career that I was in, uh, I had really next to nothing. And so the decisions, uh, there, there weren't any outer kind of sacrifices that, that I had to make you know, or changes necessarily by giving up certain things. I, I did have to give up you know, internal things. I had to give up attitudes about things. I had to give up, you know, moral structures that I either had or, or had none of. And, and so, you know, now it's different is that, wow, I've got a big bank account and I've got houses and cars and, and so much more, uh, than I had back then, including, you know, perhaps habits that are now instead of two years old, you know, maybe they're 20 or 30 or 40 years old, you know, hobbies that, that I'm engaged in. And so this matter of discipleship changes. It's maybe more complex. And, uh, you know, <laughs> If you're if you're at some event and you you have ten dollars to your name, and there's someone asking for a donation, you know you give the whole ten dollars and it's really not that big of a deal. But if you have a substantial, you know, amount of asset, you're not going to go and give your entire asset away. So you know how much do you do you give? So those kinds of decisions, it, it's just different, especially in this fourth quarter of our lives. The game changes, I think. Sometimes what we give up isn't the thing itself, but what it represents. That example you just gave made me think of something years ago where I was young, early married life, needing to make a big decision, and $20 when I had it was a lot of money. And the church we attended at the time was taking a special offering. And the decision that I was wrestling with had to do with my trust in God as my provider. And when that special offering came around, it would have been easy for me to give a dollar had I had it. But $20 felt like a lot. And yet I was being prompted by the Lord to put the full $20 in. And it hurt. Like there was a cost to that. And yet in doing so, I remember what I was left with and gaining so much of just that act of faith, of trusting, and the response that I received in the Lord of the assurance of his provision. And that is worth the cost. It sure is. And uh, I think as we're delving into this topic, it's, uh, I don't know, I think maybe this topic gets lost uh, as as someone you say, well, what, what do I... Why are you talking to me about discipleship? I've been a Christian for 50 years. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a, there's a very good reason I'm talking to you about discipleship because, you know, we are all living through having all these choices to make mm-hmm. and how are we making them? Just like how was I making them as a 20-year-old? You know, how am I making them now? And am I truly surrendering these decisions to the Lord? Am I truly asking God, you know, what what do you want in this area of my life? What would be most pleasing to you? You know, how 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 much vacation, how many trips I'm gonna take, you know, how much of what kind of what size gift do you want me to give? 
you know, how do you want to help? How do you want me to help this individual that mm -hmm. has come in front of me? It, and so it's this, am I still devoted to Jesus? Is he still the Lord of my life? Am I still willing to, to let him in to all the areas of my life? That's exactly it. It is at the root a heart issue, and you use the word surrender. And it begs us asking ourselves often and allowing the Lord to search our hearts to see if they are truly surrendered to the Lord. It, it makes me think of the Apostle Paul, and I've recently been reading in Philippians, and he talks about counting everything as loss and just discarding everything as garbage compared to knowing Christ and to, to following him. And I remember when I was younger, and there was, a, I don't remember the time, the clear demarcation, but where I went from, in some ways, looking at the Apostle Paul as the super Christian whose life is just unattainable, to realizing, no, that is the call of God on each of our lives as his disciple. And um, that's what is is now motivating me as I, as I read about him. It makes me want to learn how to live this way. So let's talk a little bit about that, Ron. How do we foster this type of heart surrender in our day-to-day -day lives? Well, you know, Suze, I haven't heard what you just said on TV recently. <laughs> no, I don't think Channel 7 is in, you know, or 4 or whatever. I'm getting in trouble. I shouldn't mention the names of the TV stations. But, but it's not the message that we're going to hear on billboards, you know, and so many other places. So it's part of why scripture is so important to continually being reminded and challenged by these amazing statements that not only the Apostle Paul made, but that Jesus himself said. And so, you know, what are we going to do with scripture? Are we going to put it, you know, in the closet somewhere? Bringing out Christmas time. No, we want to be able to be willing to hear God and and hear the Holy Spirit speak specifically about our choices and our behaviors and our responses. Not not only our external things, but you know. Boy, Ron, you kind of were pretty negative about that person who did something you didn't like. Mm -hmm. You know, is that really the attitude God wants you to have? Am I willing to surrender all my reactions, my responses, my habits, my how I spend my money, how I spend my time? You know, that's discipleship. That's that's what we. That's what I came to fall in love. with with Jesus over is that I, I like I'm following him you know it's it's uh, I, I want to do what he wants me to do and uh, so <clears throat> I have a, a young young son and the other day he said something out of the blue he said he ran into one of his friends who had just gotten a new dirt bike <laughs> and this was like a quote I should write this down somewhere he said I used to have better stuff than him but now he has better stuff than me and I thought, isn't that just so representative of how our natural fallen human nature responds to things in this life? And 
you know, if I, as his parent, am able to take an experience such as that and begin to teach him the truth of what scripture says and show him how to live and, you know, prayerfully he starts to get it at a young age, that's all the better. But this is also a critical issue for those in the fourth quarter, and that's the audience to whom we are wanting to speak. So why is this so critical, not just at a young age, but now when we're in these later seasons of life? Uh, Yeah, I think it's not an unfair statement to say how we live the fourth quarter is going to be a very major part of our legacy. It's probably what's going to be remembered most. And so, you know, do you want to be a disciple? You know, has anyone read in scripture like, come follow me until you're 65 and then do whatever you want to do? You know, there's, there's nowhere in scripture that anything close to that kind of statement is being made. So so here we are. The, the clock is ticking. You know, we're, we're in the fourth quarter. We're at the, the last portion of our lives. Mm -hmm. And I want to make the case now more than ever, these choices, these, this willingness to, to want to be in love with Jesus and to be all about him, all about serving him, all about being kind and compassionate and generous, all about wanting to hear him direct us and, and lead us in our lives and, and, and so, you know, this is the most important stage, I think. I, I don't think I'm being unfair. Suze, do you think I'm being unfair? I don't think you're being unfair. And I think it, as we referenced earlier, it is at times even more challenging because it's the season of our life where we have attained the most. And so holding those things loosely can sometimes begin to feel more difficult. Um, I know for myself, we I get comfortable in certain things, and I don't always think to question that um, if it should change. And I think there's really no part of our life as a disciple that we want to cling to. We need to hold it before the Lord with open hands. Yeah, I I think as I you know think about these things, I know I made a big decision at, as a twenty year old. I mean I you know, took where I was going and just turned completely around and and said no to the lifestyle I was living and began to saying yes to Jesus. And as I think about, you know, where I am now in this stage of life, you know, wouldn't I prefer that I was more radical in my love for him at the end than I even was at the beginning? And instead of, well, you know, Ron was a real warrior as a young man, at the end, he kind of pittered out a little bit, you know, and kind of stumbled his way over the finish line mm-hmm. instead of, no, you know, Ron was in a sprint in the finish line and he used all of that remaining energy in those remaining years to do things that he never even did as a younger man and his level of devotion and his his desire to serve and be used by God and to share his faith actually grew the older that he got. I think that's a much better story. What do you What do you think? You agree? I think you I do. agree one hundred percent. It It makes me think of a story I recently heard. Um, not a story, but something that C.S. Lewis had written, 
and he refers to God as the sea. And he challenged in his writing by saying that so often we will come to the sea and we'll dabble a little bit. We'll put our foot in, maybe splash all along, maybe having a lifeline back to what's on shore and how much richer our Christian lives will be if we let go of that line and just went fully in. And that was a challenge to me. And when I think about my discipleship and just wanting to not dabble, to not just taste a little, I want more, I want all. And the Bible is very clear that that does often come at a cost. Yeah, you know, I think there's a a very obvious benefit just to the two of us having these conversations. Just personally, I, I can't help just new things coming into my head, even as we're talking about this right now. And just saying, thinking to myself, what what do we really want to leave the audience with? You know, what why are, why are we hitting this topic? And I think I would say, I think there's a real need for this thing to be said and proclaimed that that you folks that are starting to head towards you know your your 60s your 70s your 80s there's high purpose for you to be fully surrendered to really continue or even increase the level of discipleship that you've experienced in the past and so you know I would want to be listening to a podcast that was inspiring me to examine my life and say, "Am I? Am I? Am I hitting on all my cylinders? Where, Lord, where do I need some work? Where do I need to, you know, maybe splash some cold water on my face and 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 go at this with the passion and the desire and the drive that it deserves, Jesus." deserves it all, all of what we can give him, for sure. He does. And what you just said made me think of something. We're talking about cost, and sometimes people feel cost and like, you know, like it's going to hurt. And, and yes, there is that element to paying the cost. We see Jesus' example on the cross. There was no greater cost that was paid. But I don't want to leave our audience with just that focus. It is worth it when you say Jesus is worth it and he gives himself. And that's the key. None of us will sacrifice if we do not see the value. We don't go on a diet and go without food if we're not seeing the value of becoming healthier and maybe attaining a different appearance. We don't train hard for the the marathon if there's not of value. And so unless we grasp the beauty and the wonder and the value of who Jesus is, then we will not have the power in and of ourselves to count that cost. So that is the message that I want to make sure people hear. Yes, there's a cost, but it so far pales in comparison to who we gain. I can't say that any better than you just said it. Of course, I couldn't agree more. Well, um, you want to switch roles? Should I ask if there's anything else we want to cover? <laughs> yeah, I think th- there is one more thing. I finally found a, a lot of uh, words in this episode, but 
there was a quote, and I think I'll close with this. Uh, there was a quote that a friend of mine gave me, and I may not say it properly, but in essence, it was, may your coat be covered in the dust of your rabbi. And what that meant, where rabbis in the Old Testament had disciples, Jesus himself was called a rabbi, and it meant that you were following so closely that as he walked on those unpaved roads, the dust would come up and cover you. And that is how we are called to walk as his disciples. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Q4 Impact Podcast. Please make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on so you continue receiving encouragement and practical tips on how to live your fourth quarter continually impacting the world around you for Christ.